Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On the same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in the Manual for Teachers with section 25 and 26. Are psychic powers desirable? And can God be reached directly? And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance for our lesson for the day, final lesson of the year, final lesson of the year. This holy instant would I give to you. Be you in charge, for I would follow you, certain that your direction is me. And, uh, and uh, our friend Fran at the hospital, we are, again, we will again be asking for someone, for a volunteer to read uh, and lead us in the remembrance of that, of that lesson this morning. I'm touching in the section on our final lesson. Okay which I had thought to bring as an introduction this morning, but Lori, do you have a, an introduction for us this morning? An opening? Uh, I do, and I'm really happy to bring this this morning. It's a poem from the book Susceptible to Light, poetry by Shailen Harkin. And the poem is called The Worst Thing. The worst thing we ever did was put God in the sky out of reach pulling the divinity from the leaf, sifting out the holy from our bones, insisting God isn't bursting dazzlement through everything we've made a hard commitment to see as ordinary, stripping the sacred from everywhere to put in a cloud man elsewhere, prying closeness from your heart. The worst thing we ever did was take the dance and the song out of prayer, made it sit up straight and cross its legs, Removed it of rejoicing, wiped clean its hips away, its questions, its ecstatic yell, its tears. The worst thing we ever did is pretend God isn't the easiest thing in this universe, available to every soul, in every breath. Amen. Oh, just beautiful, Laurie. I love that poem. Thank you. Yeah.
I agree. Amen. Thank you, Laurie. Where do you find these great poems? Some people I've definitely heard of and are world famous for hundreds of years, but some people like this one I've never heard of before. Thank you. Yeah, it's a privilege. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you for doing gathering part and that you're not a collector, you share it. Okay. So let me go through the list here, which I'm not sure at all. I have correct. Okay. With us and reading this morning I have Lori, Jessica, Harrison, Lana, and Donna. And with this and listening, at least for now, I have Robin Marie, Charles, um, Diana, and Ida. Any corrections? Is, is there anyone else who joined us? This is Sandra here. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sandra. Uh, would you like to read? Hey, I'm up for reading now. <laughs> I finished my breakfast. Thanks. It's Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. And no, I'll be listening today. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Sonia. Okay. Well, um. All right, I'll go ahead and get us started with uh, Manual for Teachers 25. Our, quote, psychic powers desirable. The answer to this question is much like the preceding one. The preceding one. There are, of course, no quote, unnatural powers. And it is obviously merely an appeal to magic to make up a power that does not exist. It is equally obvious, however, that each individual has many abilities of which he is unaware. As his awareness increases, he may well develop abilities that seem quite startling to him. Yet nothing he can do can compare, even in the slightest, with the glorious surprise of remembering who he is. Let all his learning and all his efforts be directed toward this one great final surprise, and he will not be content to be delayed by the little one that may come to him on the way. Glory. Question 25, are so-called psychic powers desirable? Uh, The answer to this question is much like the preceding one. There are, of course, no so-called unnatural powers. And it is obviously merely an appeal to magic to make up a power that does not exist. It is equally obvious, however, 
that each individual has many abilities of which he is unaware. As his awareness increases, he may well develop abilities that seem quite startling to him, yet nothing he can do can compare even in the slightest with the glorious surprise of remembering who he is. Let all his learning and all his efforts be directed toward this one great final surprise, and he will not be content to be delayed by the little ones that may come to him on the way. Two. Certainly there are many so-called psychic powers that are clearly in line with this course. Communication is not limited to the small range of channels the world recognizes. If it were, there would be a little point in trying to teach salvation. It would be impossible to do so. The limits the world places on communication are the chief barrier to direct experience of the Holy Spirit whose presence is always there and whose voice is available but for the hearing. These limits are placed out of fear, for without them, the walls that surround all the separate places of the world would fall at the holy sound of his voice. Who transcends these limits in any way is merely becoming more natural. He is doing nothing special and there is no magic in his accomplishments. Well, thank you, Lori and Robin Marie. Two. Certainly there are many psychic powers that are re- clearly in line with this course. Communication is not limited to the small range of channels the world recognizes. If it were, there would be little point in trying to teach salvation. It would be impossible to do so. The limits the world places on communication are the chief barrier to direct experience of the Holy Spirit, whose presence is always there and whose voice is available but for the learning. These limits are placed out of fear, for without them, the walls that surround all the separate places of the world would fall at the holy sound of his voice, who transcends these limits in any way, is merely becoming more natural. He is doing nothing special, and there is no magic in his accomplishments. Three, the seemingly new abilities that may be gathered on the way can be very helpful. Given to the Holy Spirit and used under His direction, they are valuable teaching aids. To this, the question of how they arise is irrelevant. The only important consideration is how they are used. Taking them as an end in themselves, no matter how this is done, will delay progress. Nor does their value lie in proving anything. Achievements from the past, unusual attunement with the unseen, or special favors from God. God gives no special favors, and no one has any powers that are not available to everyone. Only by tricks of magic are special powers demonstrated. Thank you, Robin Marie. 
Thanks, Lemoyne. Paragraph three. The seemingly new abilities that may be gathered on the way can be very helpful. Given to the Holy Spirit and used under his direction, they are valuable teaching aids. To this, the question of how they arise is irrelevant. The only important consideration is how they are used. Taking them as ends in themselves, no matter how this is done, will delay progress. Nor does their value lie in proving anything. Achievements from the past, unusual attunement with the, quote, unseen, or special favors from God. God gives no special favors, and no one has any powers that are not available to everyone. Only by tricks of magic are special powers, quote, demonstrated. Nothing that is genuine is used to deceive. The Holy Spirit is incapable of deception, and he can use only genuine abilities. What is used for magic is useless to him, but what he uses cannot be used for magic. There is, however, a particular appeal in unusual abilities which can be curiously tempting. Here are strengths which the Holy Spirit wants and needs. Yet the ego sees in these same strengths an opportunity to glorify itself. Strengths turned to weakness are tragedy indeed. Yet what is not given to the Holy Spirit must be given to weakness. For what is withheld from love is given to fear and will be fearful in consequence. Thank you, Jessica. And Harris? Four. Nothing that is genuine is used to deceive. The Holy Spirit is incapable of deception, and he can use only genuine abilities. What is used for magic is useless to him, but what he uses cannot be used for magic. There is, however, a particular appeal in unusual abilities which can be curiously tempting. Here are strengths which the Holy Spirit wants and needs. Yet the ego sees in these same strengths an opportunity to glorify itself. Strengths turned to weakness are tragedy indeed. Yet what is not given to the Holy Spirit must be given to weakness, for what is withheld from love is given to fear and will be fearful in consequence. Five, for those who no longer value the material things of the world, 
may still be deceived by so-called psychic powers. As investment has been withdrawn from the world's material gifts, the ego has been seriously threatened. It may still be strong enough to rally under this new temptation to win by strength, by guile. Many have not seen through the ego's defenses here although they are not particularly subtle. Yet, given a remaining wish to be deceived, deception is made easy. Now the so-called power is no longer a genuine ability and cannot be used dependently. It is almost inevitable that, unless the individual changes his mind about its purpose, he will bolster its uncertainties with increasing deception. Thank you, Harrison. Lana. Okay, five. Even those who no longer value the material things of the world may still be deceived by psychic powers. As investment has, has been withdrawn from the world's material gifts, the ego has been seriously threatened. It may still be strong enough to rally under this new temptation to win back strength by guile. Many have not seen Many have not seen through the ego's defenses here. Although they are not particularly subtle, <laughs> yet given a remaining wish to be deceived, deception is made easy. Now the so-called power is no longer a genuine ability and, can, and cannot be used dependable, dependably. <laughs> it is almost inevitable that unless the individual changes his mind about his purpose, he will bolster its uncertainties with increasing deception. Five, uh, six, any ability that anyone develops has the potentiality for good. To this, there is no exception. And the more unusual and unexpected the power the greater its potential usefulness. Salvation has need of all abilities. For what the world would destroy, the Holy Spirit would, re would restore. In quote, psychic abilities have been used to call upon the devil, which, real, which merely means to strengthen the ego. Yet here is also a great channel of hope and healing in the Holy Spirit service. Those who have developed psychic, power, quote, psychic powers have simply that some of the limitations they laid upon their minds be lifted. It can be but greater limitations they lay upon themselves if they utilize their increased freedom for greater imprisonment. The Holy Spirit needs these gifts and those who offer them 
to him and him alone, go with Christ's gratitude upon their hearts and his holy sight not far behind. Uh, thank you, Lana. And Donna, would you read the six from this section and then title in the first paragraph from the next? Six. Any ability that anyone develops has the potentiality for good. To this, there is no exception. And the more unusual and unexpected the power, the greater its potential usefulness. Salvation, salvation has needs of all the abilities for what the world would destroy. The Holy Spirit will restore. Psychic abilities have been used to call upon the devil, which merely means to strengthen the ego. Yet here is also a great channel of hope and healing in the Holy Spirit service. Those who have developed psychic powers have simply let some of the limitations they laid upon their minds be lifted. It can be but greater limitations they lay on themselves if they utilize their increased freedom for greater imprisonment. The Holy Spirit needs these gifts and those who offer them to him and him alone go with Christ's gratitude upon their hearts and the holy sight not far behind. 26. Can God be reached directly? 1. God indeed can be reached directly, for there is no distance between him and his son. His awareness is in everyone's memory, and his word is written on everyone's heart. Yet, this awareness and this memory can arise across the threshold of the unconscious only where all barriers to truth have been removed. And how many is this the case? Here then is the role of God's teacher. They too have not attained the necessary understanding as yet, but they have joined with others. This is what sets them apart from the world. And it is this that enables others to leave the world with them. Alone, they are nothing. But in their joining is the power of God. Thank you, Donna. And is there a new reader who would like to continue with one pick one and two? Um, I heard two people, but um, the only one I recognized was Sandra. Uh, let's go with Sandra. Anyone else? Come back in the next paragraph. Go ahead, Sandra. Um, or was I, am I wrong? <laughs> go ahead. Good morning, Mr. Castle. I can follow Sandra. It's due. Thank you. 
Um, I think there was somebody else who was chiming in there, but could be wrong. Was that you, Jude, who was, who was that second voice? No, I think you were right because I hadn't said anything yet. <laughs> well, going once, going twice. Second voice, if you want to speak up. Okay. 26. Room for more. So go ahead. Yep. Okay. Can God be reached directly? God indeed can be reached directly, for there is no distance between him and his son. His awareness is in everyone's memory, and his word is written on everyone's heart. Yet this awareness and this memory can arise across the threshold of the unconscious only where all barriers to truth have been removed. In how many is this the case? Here then is the role of God's teachers. They too have not attained the necessary understanding as yet, but they have joined with others. This is what sets them apart from the world, and it is this that enables others to leave the world with them. Alone, they are nothing, but in their joining is the power of God. Two, there are those who have reached God directly, retaining no trace of worldly limits and remembering their own identity perfectly. These might be called the teachers of teachers because although they are no longer visible, their image can yet be called upon and they will appear when and where it is helpful for them to do so. To those to whom such appearances would be frightening, they give their eyes. No one can call on them in vain, nor is there anyone of whom they are unaware. All needs are known to them, and all mistakes are recognized and overlooked by them. The time will come when the, this is understood, and meanwhile they give all their gifts to the teachers of God who look to them for help, asking all things in their name and in no other. Thank you, Sandra and Judy. Thank you, Mr. Castle. Two, there are those who have reached God directly, retaining no trace of worldly limits, and remembering their own identity perfectly. These might be called the teachers of teachers because, although they are no longer visible, their image can yet be called upon and they will appear when and where it is helpful for them to do so. To those to whom such appearances would be frightening, they give their idea. No one can call on them in vain, nor is there anyone of whom they are unaware. All needs are known to them, and all mistakes are recognized and overlooked by them. The time will come when this is understood. And meanwhile, they give all their gifts to the teachers of God who look to them for help 
asking all things in their name and in no other. Sometimes a teacher of God may have a brief experience of direct union with God. In this world, it is almost impossible that this endure. It can perhaps be won after much devotion and dedication and then be maintained for much of the time on earth. But this is so rare that it cannot be considered a realistic goal. If it happens, so be it. If it does not happen, so be it as well. All worldly states must be illusory. I'd like to repeat that. All worldly states must be illusory. If God were reached directly in sustained awareness, the body would not be long maintained. The body would not be long maintained. Those who have laid the body down merely to extend their helpfulness to those remaining behind are few indeed. And they need helpers who are still in bondage and still asleep so that by their awakening can God's voice be heard. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Judy. And do we have a, another new reader for paragraph three and four? Another new reader, then, for paragraphs uh, 3 and 4 in section 26. Okay, back to you, Lori. Sometimes a teacher of God have a direct view. You're, you're very faint, Lori. <laughs> okay. Is this better? Much. Okay. Sometimes a teacher of God may have a brief experience of direct union with God. In this world, it is almost impossible that this endure. It can perhaps be won after much devotion and dedication and then maintained for most of the time on earth, but this is so rare that it cannot be considered a realistic goal. If it happens, so be it. If it does not happen, so be it as well. All worldly states must be illusory. If God were reached directly in sustained awareness, the body would not long be maintained. Those who have laid the body down merely to extend their healthfulness to those remaining behind are few indeed, and they need helpers who are still in bondage and still asleep, so that by their awakening can God's voice be heard. 4. Do not despair, then, of limitations. It is your function to escape from them, but not to be without them. If you would be heard by those who suffer, you must speak their language. 
If you would be saviors, you must understand what needs to be escaped. Salvation is not theoretical. Behold the problem, ask for the answer, and then accept it when it comes. Nor will its coming be long delayed. All the help you can accept will be provided, and not one need you have will not be met. Let us then, whoopsie, <laughs> let us not then be too concerned with goals for which you are not ready. God takes you where you are and welcomes you. What more could you desire when this is all you need? Well, thank you, Lori. And Robin Marie. Cooler. Do not despair then because of limitations. It is your function to escape from them, but not to be without them. If you would be heard by those who suffer, you must speak their language. If you would be saviors, you must understand what needs to be escaped. Salvation is not theoretical. Behold the problem, ask for the answer, and then accept it when it comes. Nor will its coming be long delayed. All the help you can accept will be provided, and not one need you have will not be met. Let us not, then, be too concerned with goals for which you are not ready. God takes you where you are and welcomes you. What more could you desire when this is all you need? Uh, thank you, Robin and Marie. And is there uh, anyone, a new reader or someone who's read, who would like to repeat that last paragraph again? One, six. Sure, if this is Sandra, I can do that. Okay, let's do not despair then because of limitations. It is your function to escape from them, but not to be without them. If you would be heard by those who suffer, you must speak their language. If you would be saviors, you must understand what needs to be escaped. Salvation is not theoretical. Behold the problem, ask for the answer, and then accept it when it comes nor will its coming be long delayed. All the help you can accept will be provided and not one need you have will not be met. Let us not, then, be too concerned with goals for which you are not ready. God takes you where you are and welcomes you. What more could you desire when this is all you need? Thank you, Sandra. Well, we are approaching the top of the hour, and so let me ask you again, is there anyone who's uh, willing to read, uh, to lead today's 
in remembrance of our final lesson, which are all the same. Okay, well, um, I'm going to ask one more time. Before I do, I want to read the first paragraph of the epilogue. Um, it echoes the last paragraph of the reading so well. So from the epilogue of the workbook, this course is a beginning, <clears throat> not an end. Your friend goes with you. You are not alone. No one who calls on him can call in vain. Whatever troubles you, be certain that he has the answer and will gladly give it to you if you simply turn to him and ask it of him. He will not withhold all answers that you need for anything that seems troubled. He knows the way to solve all problems and resolve all doubt. His certainty is yours. You need but ask it of him, and it will be given. So, <laughs> one more, one more request. Anyone who wants to lead the lesson? I will give it a go, Lamar. Oh, go oh, ahead. You do. No, no, you go ahead, Lana. Okay. All right. I've never done this before. All righty. This is part two of the workbook. Point. Before we start, could I ask a question about um, paragraph two, the last sentence? It says, and meanwhile, they give all their gifts to the teachers of God who look to them for help, asking all things in their name. Do you know what the he, that means by their name? Thank you. I am complete. Um, I don't. I don't have any like huge insight, but I do believe that is the name of the teachers of God who ask the teachers of teachers and the teachers of God ask, you know, use their direct connection, asking in the name of those who who originally made the request so that they create that full union and bring forth what is, what is of God for those who ask the, the teachers. I yeah. I'll go back to the sentence before. The time will come when this is understood. <laughs> okay. Um I had an idea. I'm not sure that it's um that it would be helpful, but it was helpful to me and that is uh, like I am a teacher of children and the name Helen Keller came to me. And I'm thinking, you know, she uh, has a lot of insight into how to teach uh, different kinds of 
children, different kinds of people. And I think that, um, you know, with the huge array of choices of, you know, whatever you are, an engineer or, you know, someone who serves people, there are people that Jesus uh, was so connected to who could speak to us about our particular role in whatever we're doing um, specifically. So that was my idea. Thank you. That was really good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You you know, for me, it is um, all those ones who achieved um, what Jesus describes uh, as uh, become mighty companions. They're no longer informed, but they're available to us. They have achieved um, just a closeness to God that they're here to help us. And Jesus says, you know, to those that it would frighten, uh, they give their ideas. So it's part of the sonship that's no longer informed but has recognized its truth and aware of who they really are. And they're there. In the Catholic Church, they're called saints. (laughs) You know, they give them a sainthood. And they have individual devotions. It's no different than when I call on Jesus. Jesus represents the one Son of God, which we're all a part of. But it's an aspect of the friendship that I can call on any time for help. He's no longer in form, and he has appeared before people, but only those that would not frighten. And to them, he, he gives them their ideas. He sure has given me a lot. Um, so anyway, that's what I think of it <laughs> when I when I think about mighty companions or saints. Uh, just they're a little bit farther along on the ro- a way bit a way more along on the journey <laughs> than I am. So I look to them. Okay, uh, lesson three lessons three sixty one through three sixty five in part two of the workbook. This holy instant what I give to you. Be you in charge, for I would follow you, certain that your direction gives me peace. And I just want to read the first paragraph of the final lessons. Our final lessons will be left as free of words as possible. We use them but at the beginning of our practicing and only to remind us that we that we seek to go beyond them. Let us turn to him who leads the way and makes our, makes our footsteps sure. To him we leave those lessons. As to him we give our lives henceforth. For we would not return again to the beginning to the belief in sin, which made the world seem ugly and unsafe, attacking and destroying, dangerous in all its ways, and treacherous beyond the hope of trust and the escape from death. His is the only way to find the peace of God as given us. It is his way, 
that everyone must travel in the end because it is this ending God himself appointed. In the dream of time, it seems to be far off, and yet in truth, it is already here, already serving us as gracious guidance in the way to go. Let us together follow in this way that truth points to us, points out to us, and let us be leaders of our many brothers who are seeking for the way but not, but find it not. And then on to the lesson. I'll repeat the title. This holy instant what I give to you. Be you in charge, for I would follow you, certain that your direction gives me peace. And if I need a word to help me, he will give it to me. If I need a thought, that will he also give. And if I need but stillness and a tranquil, open mind, these are the gifts I will receive of him. He is in charge by my request, and he will hear and answer me because he speaks for God, my Father, and his Holy Son. Just a moment or two to reflect on that. Lesson 361 to 65. This holy instant what I give to you. Be you in charge, for I would follow you, certain that your direction gives me peace. Amen. Amen. Beautiful, Anna. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. That was really nice. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Lana. I guess uh, this is pretty good. When I think of what Jesus calls the teachers of teachers, um, the first one that came into my mind was Krishna. Um, Even though he is said to have lived several thousand years ago out in India, to me, he's like Jesus, just with, he came to, you know, the Hindus. And that doesn't stop me. I embrace some of the Hindu and Buddhist teachings that have helped me in, in my life. But I know that I cannot call on him in vain, even though I can't physically see him. And still, after all these years, if he didn't realize that I was afraid to physically see him, uh, he might show up physically here, but he knows I'm afraid, so he's not going to do that. You know, 
but still um, can give me or anyone who who asks or any place or person he sees fit uh, help. It's very a very present help in times of need, um, and I rejoice that this is so. Not only with him, but <clears throat> and his his wife, but also with all the teachers of teachers, and some of which I'm sure I have never even heard of before, <laughs> you know, even have been in this world and then passed on, but are you know still here. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Hi, this is Diana, and I just have some questions about magic again and psychic, this whole psychic paragraph that they were talking about. Sometimes when I go to these wellness um, um Oh, what are they called? Where Edward Tolley will be speaking or Don Miguel Roos will be there. There's a lot of psychic readers and healing and stones and, you know, different things. Go ahead. Laying of hands and um, there's a lot of that going on. So when I go in, it's always real confusing to me because there's so many different schools of thought walking into that building and... I'm just there to hear a few people, the guest speakers, but then all of this is around me. And, you know, so I am, um, uh, I'm, I'm guilty of signing up for, for reading, you know, to see what they have to say and trusting in the good that they have or taking like a camera read to see what my aura is. And it turns out to be the last time really, you know, soft blues and greens. And, you know, some of it is play in my mind and some of it is questioning, is this real? Because I know for myself, personally, when there have been times in my life when I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll go to prayer right away because I'm, I'm feeling like there's trouble. And one, for instance, in one instant, I was in um, California doing laundry and I had this feeling like my, my children were in trouble. They went down to Zuma Beach to go swimming, and there was a riptide that took them out. And they said, we don't know how we got in, but it turned, and we were able to get to shore. We laid on, be- on the beach just thanking God for our lives that we weren't taken into the ocean. And I asked them, what time was that? And that was the very time that I had that feeling like something was wrong. You know, there have been times of psychic presentation within myself where I'm going, something's not right, or, you know, or or changing something in some way. So this whole psychic, and then the magic, again, I'm always confused by that word, because I think, does that belong to ego? Is that what magic is? Any wrong error thinking that isn't, you know, serving joy or peace or love? that isn't aligning with the perfection of each of us as brothers and sisters. This Sometimes in the reading, I, I need another book to decipher what I'm reading. So if anybody can help me with this, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. 
Hi. Um, thank, thank you, Diana. Thank you. I'm, I <clears throat> wanted to share a story that's, that's pretty fun. And um, I can't answer that question, but I do know that somehow, you know, the Holy Spirit works in such mysterious ways. And I wanted my daughter, who lives in Arizona, to realize she had gone through medical tech school and she was really sad for many, many weeks and was not communicating with me. And I was sending her um, a picture for Christmas. And I went into my office and I got some pages out of an old calendar uh, not knowing anything about what the calendar was, but it had really nice pictures of ocean animals. And I wrapped the picture in, these, in this, um, a couple of pages of this calendar. And when she opened it, it had um, her birth date and her dad's writing saying, yay, it's a girl. And then uh, the next page, it was in September, it was... Uh, Hilaire, her her twelve her sister who's twelve years older, said it's Hilaire's time to do the dishes, and it made Hannah so so happy, and I was just like, isn't that just like God, to do it like do it for you? <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Oh, that was sweet. Thank you, Romarie. Yes, Thank it was you, sweet. That sure was. And to reply to Diana, the book, The Being of A Course of Miracles, that's what it is, says, uh, and I quote, everything that comes from love is a miracle. So, you know, let yourself take your time with the psychic readers or after you've been to a psychic reading and, and let it filter through in your mind. Everything that's not, you know, does not appear to be from love, let that go, you know. And just keep whatever information seems to come from love. And then look at it with your own best judgment. That's what I would do. Thank you. Thank you. That really helps. That really did help. I I can remember in college when I didn't have a car and I was hitchhiking back and forth to work. That was really dangerous. <laughs> the angels were with me. But anyway, I'm not recommending that to anybody, and I would never share that with my own kids. But I did do that for a while. And one of the people that drove me home that evening from work um, I was a cocktail waitress in a city 45 minutes away from my college town. <laughs> it was conflicting back at us. It was just crazy, the, the thought of what I did to survive. But anyway, they, he was a psychic reader, and he told me, he said, well, I'll give you a reading. And the reading, he said, well, what questions would, do you have? I said, well, I'm Mary. <laughs> You know, when I get married was one, and he said, yes, you know, we were doing the Ouija board, which was real voodoo, like, ooh, I don't know about this, it doesn't feel right, you know, and then he, I said, well, you know, can you, well, I have children, yes, and it said five daughters, 
and it actually spelled out my husband's name. Now, I thought about that for years and years and years and years afterwards. What was that? And who was this person? And, you know, the real skeptical Catholic upbringing is you don't play with things like this. To we, we are miracle workers and we help it and we assist each other. And if it's coming from the right place, like you just said, then it's the right place. If it's coming from love and, and discernment, drop anything else that doesn't feel right. I just have questions about this whole psychic thing, you know, because it is real and it is in the world. It is, you know, things that show up um, to different events that I go to and was just questioning that part of it. And also the word magic, just the whole word magic. If somebody can just summarize that again, I know it, but, but deep within me, I don't know why it keeps escaping my knowing, if you understand what I'm saying. I, I want to know it deeper. I want to understand when I hear that word what it means on A Course in Miracles deeper level than understanding it and the next day waking up and it disappears from my memory. So if anybody can just just talk a little bit about magic so I understand what they're talking about, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, Diana, that was lovely. Let me give it a try. Um, Jesus uh, defines magic as um, another form of, I'm sorry, I'm out on the porch with the dogs. <laughs> Might be some background noise. Um, Jesus defines magic as anything of the ego, anything that we hold special or anybody else holds special. Um, but the important thing is that there is no specialness. We all have equal powers in God. So I loved what um, Ida said. Uh, so if you can go to a psychic knowing <clears throat> that what you're going to receive is a message from God and know that that psychic person is no different than you. She isn't special or he isn't special. And it's also good to, um, you know, look into your heart, not your mind, and feel the vibration of the psychic. Are they coming from an identity of specialness or are they coming from a position of love and the equality of both of you? So it's all about inner inner awareness, not outer awareness, but inner awareness. You feel it in your heart. Love is very powerful, and it always comes through, and you always know what the truth is. And when we come from our truth and not our ego identity, we will recognize whether something is magic or miraculous, but it's an inner knowing, and it's an inner knowing that we all have equal powers under God. We are all one son, all equal in his eyes. So if you hold somebody special, or they hold themselves as special, that's like the flashing <laughs> yellow warning sign, and it's a message to return your heart and mind to God and to love, and let love speak to you. And um, and that's and that's a lesson... Um, I know for me, I'm learning constantly of everything, how I'm holding it. Am I coming from a place of love and truth, or am I looking for something outside of me? You know, Jesus also defines magic um, like doctors and medicine, but he does give us a caution with that. And he says, um, you know, if, if not taking the medicine or not taking the seeing a doctor would cause fear in you, 
then go ahead and use them because the fear is the root of the problem. So you don't want a remedy that is fearful. That will just block it. So he says, go ahead. It's okay to use magic when it's for uh, your own you know, benefit, for your own health, until you reach the point in your learning where you see that everything good, everything beautiful, everything lovely comes from God. And you trust the power of God. And for me personally, I do use magic, especially when I was given the diagnosis of a terminal disease. And the message Jesus gave to me was, let the doctors take care of your body and I will take care of your mind. So I sought, I, I sought help in my direction and what to do. And that's where all the answers are within. We know the truth. It's in our hearts. We just have to listen to our hearts and feel what is right and what is true. It's not an intellectual understanding. It's more an experience and an awareness. And we all know it when we look in our heart truly and authentically. It will guide us what to do. I'm complete. Thank you. I hope that it was helpful. That was beautiful, Anna. Just very complete. Very complete. Thank you, Anna. Oh, yes. welcome. I really right like on. your Facebook posts because they combine wisdom and love. Thank you. I'm complete. Amen. This is Thank Donna. You, Thank you. This, this is Chris. Just wanted to thank Lana. Thank everyone. Thank everyone for your shares. I um, would like to bring a few ideas from the text together in order to clarify them to myself. For for everyone, um, you know, the, um, the words limitation and what we need to be saved or escape from our limitations is a powerful powerful idea that runs through these readings and um, when I think of magic thoughts I think of of them as being thoughts that I hold for myself the text clearly told me not to hold any thought for myself that I hold thoughts for everyone that God's will is universal and what I will for myself I should will for everyone so there's no self-seeking in that and I think um, there's a few lines that, that speak to this, talking about um, the use, the use of, of, of um, the increased awareness of the mind of God, the mind that I share with God, is what li- lifts the limits of a self a personal self-awareness of the world, my preoccupation with myself in the body, my preoccupation with things that I think are outside of me in the world. That's the ego's perspective. And in seeking help for myself um, is magic, and it's of no use. Um, according to what it says in this reading here. And then when it, um, 
in the Can God Be Reached Directly that, um, well, first one very important thing in the very first paragraph that God indeed can be reached directly, that I needn't go outside of myself for any help. If I'm truly dedicated and devoted to um, a direct union with God, that I must, I must be devoted and de- dedicated um, and the, the lesson speaks of this in, in every holy rolling instant. God is already here and available and knows everything that I need to know. All I merely do need to do is ask him. His awareness is always with me, and his word is written upon my heart. But this awareness can only arise across the threshold of unconsciousness. Now in my text it says, this memory can arise across the threshold of recognition only where all barriers to truth have been removed. So the devil's barriers, the egoic, worldly thinking, preoccupation with myself and, you know, getting and more, I need more of something, I need anything that I have any wants at all. Um, I become unconscious of those. I become unconscious of all of what Judy thinks she needs, what Judy thinks she wants, and just rest in the awareness of God's presence within me. And then all that's revealed to me through him and um, the idea where it says we, we, we go to teachers of teachers, um, and it says there are very few of those indeed, very few. And um, I think many of us who have studied many, many of the, the, the books that supposedly hold the, the higher truth, the essential perennial wisdoms know of, of who he's speaking here, how few they actually are. And to call on them, the last line in that paragraph, I found um, a clue to this, being unconscious to my own self-will. It says we call to them, um, and we can call on them, um, that they're available and they're aware of us all. All, their, all our needs are known to them. So I don't even have to know what my needs are. All I have to do is call on them for clarity, to see things clearly, as I do on the Holy Spirit, as I do to Christ. And um, it says in the last line that they will give all their gifts to the teachers of God who look to them for help asking all things in their name and in no other. In their name and no other. That means to me that I'm asking I'm asking all things, which would be all things for all people, as God's will is for all people, in their name, because they are the highest recognition of the truth and know it. And in no other, in no other name, that means not in my name. I'm not asking for help in my name. I'm asking just to know the will of God. And I don't care what 
my will has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with it. <laughs> and I hope you see what I'm trying to understand for myself, that I am in my totally unconscious of my own will, my own intellect, letting that go and becoming unconscious to Judy, I'm saying, what is thy will? What is your will? And that is all I care about. So um, the last line in paragraph three speaks of this, you know, that we're, we're still in bondage and still sleeping. There's, what does that mean? That I, need to, I still need to wake up before I can even hear God's voice in me. You know, I'm thinking I'm hearing my, uh, my voice and not God's unless I'm truly awakened. Am I, am I zooming myself here and thinking I'm listening to, to God's voice, to the Holy Spirit's voice? Or am I truly so still and unconscious of my own thinking? Is my mind so quiet and still that I have no thinking left? And, and waiting and listening in, in that profound silence and stillness. So, escaping. Where do I think I am? Do I think I'm in God? Or do I still think I'm in a body? In the world? These are beliefs and limitations to be ex- escaped from. How limited is my awareness of God? How limited is the time that I am in communion with God. How limited is my sense of the reality of God in the world? Or am I just perceiving and still trying to manipulate and control reality as I I believe I am in a body and that everything is outside of me and that I need to control it or change it or fix it somehow? How limited is my communion, my communication? How much do I actually, am I still and listen and let all my thinking go? Um, this is a really, there's a lot, of, a lot to be explored in this re- reading, but, um, you know, where is God? God's here and now in this holy instant. And God is always ready. This you know, am I ready for God? Have I made a, a place of, of likeness, of peace, and joy, and happiness, and love? Have I made a home for God in myself? Have I made myself like enough to God? God is nearer to me than I am to myself. But where am I? Am I abroad somewhere in my own thinking? Far away in the world, in my body? God's within me. This is an inside job. God's at home with it in me, and I'm at home within God. So while I'm going deep again, I'm sorry if I talk too much tonight and I bore you guys, but <laughs> you'll get over it. <laughs> I love you, and thank you for being here. Uh, Thanks, Judy. Uh, thank you, Judy. Um, thank you, Judy. I, I, let me do this. There were several people that tried to talk. I know I heard Donna. 
Donna, you want to go ahead? Thank you, Lemoyne. Um, it's interesting because yesterday I had written something at the end of our second reading on uh, reincarnation. And it was um, beliefs that hasten Christ should be honored. And I thought, isn't that a great line yesterday? Because I do have a belief right now in, in reincarnation because I remember agreeing to come here. But now I understand that was, uh, because I understand that, then I can understand that whether there is or isn't reincarnation really doesn't matter anymore because we're beginning to awaken into the reality that we'll have no trips back here again if there is such a thing. And then in listening um, about intuition or psychic ability, there's intuition and then there's intuition. And uh, before we awaken to the reality that there is divine intuition and there is uh, innate intuition and and, in the human condition um, of the dream uh, in line with the with the sentence I just read, the Holy Spirit can use our intuition for his holy purpose. And, and that is, um, I saw that in two ways. It was uh, the testimony about uh, sensing a, a, a children in jeopardy. And also uh, intuition, when we pick up something in consciousness that seems not good, uh, seems depressing seems bad and what i have learned that that's an intuition as well now we could claim it as our own and then write a story around it oh oh what is there something wrong with me or have i failed oh how can i carry such awful thoughts am i am i working with the devil and that's in, that's intuition and if we lift it immediately instead of writing a story around it to the holy spirit then he can use that intuition, whether it's happy or sad, to accomplish his work. So, which is how I see myself as a vehicle um, for the Holy Spirit. And I had two, two, two experiences I had in my life. Um, one was in, probably in 1998 or thereabout, and the other was much later. But in 1998, about... My, my friend had died in 94, and I uh, took it very well. I was already in um, spiritual teaching. I was, actually, I'd already had that course in my body because I did read it, not, not reading it currently, but it was in me because I'd already read the entire book. And uh, you don't have to understand it. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But anyway, so I'm in a convenience store, and at the time I went back to smoking after she passed, probably buying a pack of cigarettes. I don't know why else I'd be in a convenience store. And I had a very strong, we'll call it intuition, I had a very strong urge to turn around. And I turned around and there was this beautiful card with a ballerina on the front. Just a beautiful picture of a ballerina. I mean, it was like literally heavenly. 
And my friend was a ballerina as a child and maintained that form. And so I pulled it off the shelf, and it, it was, I probably should get up and read it. Maybe one another day I will. It's on my fridge. It, she thanked me so beautifully. Only Linda could have made that card. So that was my evidence of, of um, someone who's passed on being able not only to be around or aware, but also to be able to be a guide, really, in that moment anyway. The second time was I was homeless in um, 1990, uh, and 2000 and, uh, or, yeah, 2017 for a couple of weeks, and I was going to this church that is just full of the Holy Spirit, and I went up to this beautiful little woman who had two children, young, a young woman. I mean, there was something heavenly about her. And, and I was in tears and prayed and asked her a place to live. And, and she said what she said, and I left the church. That was a Sunday. And Monday, I called my massage therapist to see if she could move up my appointment so I'd have some place to be. And I, she said, Donna, I don't have time. But she says, uh, what can I do for you? And I said, pray I find a place to live. Five minutes later, she called me back and she said, Donna, my client has an apartment. And so I had a place to live. So, you know, this powerful about the, the psychic and everything like this, Sure, people have these gifts, and I've been to psychics. I asked them, should I come to Connecticut or not? You know, I wanted to know what the astrology was for old Lyme, because <laughs> I didn't want to move it to some astrology <laughs> that I didn't agree with, and it was an Aquarius. So that was what my friend was. So, I mean, you know, all these gifts that God has given us, that Jesus has, is with us, and the Holy Spirit is with us, is leading us to one thing, and that's to awake from the sleep of the dream. And I see awareness uh, is a word that's used today. And also the word guile, because we use God's gifts sometimes for self-use or even for vengeance, and, and that's a guile. But, but our purpose is to grow in our awareness, and that's right in the as his awareness increases, I am complete. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Lemoyne. Praise the Lord. Oh, I loved every bit of that, Donna. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. That was wonderful. I love those stories, Donna. Thank you. Good morning, this is Sandra. And um, the word psyche has to do with the mind. And um, we all have a mind. And I think we don't realize, at least I didn't realize, the power that's in the mind. In fact, the mind itself can, if it's properly trained, can heal the body. 
it trumps anything that has to do with the body. And the mind under the guidance of the Holy Spirit is very powerful. Our minds are extremely powerful. In fact, by training our mind the way we are, we can create a whole new world. <laughs> so, um, and we all have that capacity and we're all doing it individually by changing our minds, by training our minds to see things the way God sees things instead of the way the ego sees things. And I think it was in the right, it was in the, the text that it said that you know, the ego under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit, it, it needs to, the, I need to train my ego to bow down to the Holy Spirit and, 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 and not try to take the lead because the ego always wants to take the lead. And I need to train it to step back and let Holy Spirit, let God, let Jesus, let my relationship with all of that lead the way which most of the time I'm not leading anymore I'm just listening I'm complete well I can get down with that thank you Sandra Sandra forgive me but um, the course says specifically that the ego and the Holy Spirit are the Holy Spirit's completely unaware of the ego. It doesn't perceive something that doesn't exist. And that they're not in communication whatsoever. That we can teach, learn from the Holy Spirit to teach ourselves what the ego is and how it works within us. But, you know, it's the undoing of the ego and the thought system that thinks it's something other than the way God created us. It's all a mistake. The, the line in the, the reading today that said, all, all, all experiences in the world are illusory, that this experience in this world is illusory, that we do not perceive reality. We cannot perceive reality. It's twice removed from symbols and images, that it's undefinable. We can only know it by being it, by being peaceful, being joyful, being happy, being loving. That's the only way we can know our reality is to be it. It's the spiritual being in us. It has nothing to do with materiality, corporality, time and place. It has nothing to do with anything that changes. It's the undoing of all that. And the devil in us is the, you know, saying I'm, 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 I'm arrogant enough to say that I'm something that I'm not. The devil made me do it. <laughs> That's all, folks. Well, thank you, Judy. Um, I remember where we started and something I found related to the, the topic of magic. 
for me. You could, I, I tend to think that, you know, what it, what it's saying about the ego is that it's created entirely by our belief. And I don't, I've never really had a sense of identifying with that voice that preaches separation and fear. But I do have a sense of needing to follow it. And this is my belief in correctness. Right? And so in the early in the text, in the correction for lack of love, which is the ego is basically the symbol for that. <clears throat> you know, this, this need to fear and judge make make what you know, pronounce on the world what we think it is, right? That pronouncing ourselves that we have to listen to the voice that tells us we have to judge the world. And all this is, is uh, a limitation placed on ourselves because I believe it's a, a, at least it's a... I think I'm very wary of speaking of level, but you know, on the level of being, on that core, it's not really a level in the sense we progress. It's who we are at the center, the being, a thought of God. And then, what it says in 2.105, one of the chief ways in which man can correct his magic miracle fusion is to remember that he did not create himself. So I don't have to carry on all this work of creating a world so I can know myself in this world that, you know, none of which exists on, on fear, an existential level of fear that is false. And, you know, so just remember that I did not create myself. It's what he said is a good way to, to correct this confusion in which I reach for the ego rather than just, you know, some sense of I am a huge creation that is changeless but also ever-changing. Intended, I believe, to be simply love creating like itself uh, we've turned it into a battle. That's why, you know, I think it's get above the battleground. There is a bigger picture. And, uh, um, you know, our it is our, I think, our chief limitation that he talks about escaping in, the, in releasing greater power and also in reaching God directly. This thing of the awareness can't get over, can't get through our unconscious if we've made choices about how we believe the world is and then buried them and just now believe that this is the way everything is because it worked once when we were five or something um, to alleviate our fear somewhat when really it was just place. Um, that... <laughs> that those limitations are come from our beliefs about ourselves and the world and that 
the release of those, just the release of those. Like, the way, the, the ego is not overcome by destruction or control, which is actually something the ego is all about, but through a quiet, the ego is not overcome by destruction, but by a quiet melting Yeah, It does happen within in recognizing that that we are part of a whole and therefore, you know, let let that recognition of unity be our goal. And um <clears throat> Yeah. So but back to this question of the name, I think there really is there in a you know, it can have different verbal expressions, but there really is just one name for the teachers of the teachers and the teachers and the unity itself. That that they are asking in a but you know, in a in a truly unified they are asking for healing. The teachers teachers and there's only one source for that. There is only source for all creation. And I think it was it may have been in yesterday's reading where it points out that, you know, what needs healing is like all living things in creation. That and it's not like we're all broken. <laughs> it's like more it's more like we all need to wake up. That's all. And and stop Carrying uh, ourselves. Anyway, I'm complete. Very well spoken. Thank you. That was really great, Lemoyne. Thank you. Beautiful, Lemoyne. Thank you so much. I like the way you said that we're not broken, that we've sliced and diced and fragmented ourselves by our thinking that way. It's, it's merely all that we did. But, you know, the, the greater the multiplicity in me, the more I have to bring to the unity of the oneness of God, that I have to simplify myself so that I can know and understand the oneness, the choicelessness. There's nothing to choose between. There's no difference between. There's nothing more to understand. There's only one meaning, one emotion, one source, one cause. All, there's only one name. <laughs> I'll be still now.
that idea that I can make something more important than God, anything, anything, any idea in my head more important than God. That resonates <clears throat> very well with the uh, definition of an idol, which is an idea that's more important to us than our actual, an actual brother within sonship, more important than any other living thing. Can I make anything other than God? Oh, I left my text. Could someone please read, I think it's in the first or second paragraph of Can God Be Reached Directly, where it says there's nothing more glorious than to realize who we are. That's in the first paragraph of, yeah. It's in the first paragraph of Our Psychic Power is Desirable. I'm glad you asked because... It's my favorite. As for all these abilities of which you might be unaware, he says nothing he can do can compare even in the slightest with the glorious surprise of remembering who he is. Let all his learning and all his efforts be directed toward this one great final surprise. This one great final surprise and he will not be content to be delayed by the little ones that come to him along the way. One great glorious Amen. final surprise. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's my favorite favorite line in both of these sections. That one great final glorious surprise. And I was looking this morning for... Um, for something that comes close to describing that. Well, everything comes close to describing it, doesn't it? But another of my favorites is from Chapter 10, God and the Ego, the inheritance of God's Son. He says, never forget the sonship is your salvation, for the sonship is your soul. The sonship is your soul. 
as God's creation, it is yours and belonging to you. Remember that lesson, all my brother's gifts belong to me. Remember that one and how mysterious it seemed? As God's creation, it is yours and belonging to you, it is his. Your soul does not need salvation. I was a man who remembered the soul and its knowledge. Your soul does not need salvation, but your mind needs to learn what salvation is. You are not saved from anything, but you are saved for glory. Glory is your inheritance. Given your soul by its creator, that you might extend it. Yet if you hate part of your own soul, and that would be any aspect of creation, if you hate any part of your own soul, all your understanding is lost because you are looking on what God created as yourself without love. And since what he created is part of him, you are denying him his place at his own altar. Hmm. I have a little saying um, from Rupert, Rupert Sphera that I kept that I keep. I keep it right here on this little jobby on top of my desk, so that I can frequently remind myself of the truth. And and it and I want to speak to it, but first I want to say the other line that I really really like in this reading. Uh, because I know it's true, is the line, alone they are nothing. Alone they are nothing. The whole the whole part about psychic abilities is about communication. And communication, for communication to occur, there must be communicators. There must be, uh, Sandra, you called it listening. There must be listeners. Everything that's true is being constantly extended from the mind of God. And it has one name because it's one concept that's wholly true. And it's love. <laughs> it's love. Now, here's the thing about love. It, it's manifest throughout creation in diversity. Not the sameness. I mean, it's same in the sense that it means the same thing to the giver as well as the receiver. But for a miracle to be a miracle, it will always be something that both minds agree on. Both minds resonate with. It communicates truth to both minds simultaneously. A miracle comes from cause, capital C, cause. A miracle is an effective cause, and cause is always love. We have lessons all through this workbook that speak to it, especially Lesson 108, giving and receiving are one in truth. Vision is based on it because it's the one concept that is wholly true. It means the same thing to the giver and receiver. It's love. Miracles are manifestations of love, and to be a miracle, truly, it must be something that the recipient will understand. Oftentimes, miracles are impersonal. They mean they mean they come from truth. They come through the giver in an impersonal way that the giver isn't. Some, remember the story in the Bible about 
uh, he was walking in the crowd and and he had his prayer shawl on and he said suddenly who touched me he was so aware of the power of love that when it went out from him he was aware that he had been touched in the same way and the person who touched him received from him the love that he was emanating constantly just emanating from a source constantly and that woman the bleeding woman who touched him received the miracle of love because it meant to her what it needed to mean that I'm one with holiness I have faith in holiness and so here's what I want to say alone we are nothing alone we are nothing but together we are the holiness of God himself a miracle is an expression of that holiness from first cause in a form in which the recipient can recognize as truth to him that's why forgiveness and miracles ride the same horse if I withdraw my illusions about anything I have let forgiveness rest on my dream and when I let forgiveness rest on my dream whomever I am with at that time is going to experience a miracle of love in a way that's meaningful to him miracles make minds one in Christ you see why am I talking about miracles because a miracle has to have a giver and a recipient psychic abilities psychic abilities as used by the ego or magic contrasts with that in that psychic abilities used by the ego are always for the purpose of specialness always and so a useful thing for me to know uh, always is who's getting the juice what's the juice in this it, is it something that I seem to be experiencing in a way that builds myself up as a person um, that's a psychic ability or magic just plain magic but if it's of the Holy Spirit it will be experienced my, by my brother as love whatever love means to my brother and it turns out whatever love means to my brother means the same thing to me it's a contrast magic is specialness psychic abilities as used by the ego are specialness Holy Spirit communication is the communication of perfection shared by two people healing healing is an experience where two minds become one and are glad the only way and this is why it's so important that I realize I'm not saved for from anything I'm saved for glory glory is the right of the soul and the soul knows that the sonship is its soul the consciousness of all its brothers is included in its own that's Christ's vision Christ's vision is the home of all miracles it says you are perfect you share my perfection I am perfect together we are the Son of God alone we are nothing it's in the joining that makes us what we are it's the sharing of holiness that makes holiness what it is all the first 29 lessons in the workbook that are coming up are asking us what do we want 
what do I want? What do I want? I want an experience of truth, and truth is shared, and we know it by the name of love. The experience is universal. It's absolutely universal, and it feels, it feels like a living well within, and it pours itself out, and you can feel the pouring of it, and the result of the pouring is the joy that you um, can see and recognize on the face of this one that you're sharing that experience with. Alone we are nothing. Alone we are nothing. I know it to be a fact because I tried to experience it. I tried really hard <laughs> and it can't be done. You see, here's a favorite saying of mine that Moji says. He says, duality is not a mistake because love must have a subject to love. That's why the song of prayer begins with the song of love. The son sings to the father and the father sings to the son. That's why the resolution of the dream is in recognizing that you make me complete. Oh yes, oh yes, I know, I know the truth of me, but the truth of me doesn't get consummated in joy until it's shared with you, or you share it with me. Happiness is not something one can experience alone. It's not happy till it's shared. The same thing with love, the same thing with joy, the same thing with all the attributes of God. If I think I'm experiencing something special, um, I'm, I'm not in touch with the truth. I'm just not. But if I'm experiencing the love of God, I will know it by its awareness on your face, in your mind, in your aspect, in your joining with me in the stretch I feel in my mind because I realize you're already there with me. All suffering in this world, all suffering and all pain comes from an impulse to tear something out of the heart that God already put there. That's what he did with his one son. He put that awareness already in our heart as the awareness of each other that we share our common truth. If I'm suffering, I'm trying to pluck something out that God already put there. If it's pain, I'm plucking something out. Um, if it's loss, if it's a loneliness, if it's abandonment, if it's a wound, I'm plucking something out by denying truth. The first 29 lessons are what do I want? <sighs> I want to know myself is you because in truth capitalist self is you and that we can't know alone alone they are nothing but joining joining enables us to leave the world together I'm just so moved by um this truth that we shared today. I watched a special last night on Freddie Mercury. He was he was an incredible person um, because he lived his truth, his authentic self. And each one of us has an authentic self that's God's gift to the world. And um, it's an awful thing 
to blame or condemn or look down upon what God created as beautiful, but it's a beautiful thing to look at what God created as perfect. And we need each other for that, and I'm complete. Wow, Lori, that was just wonderful and inspired. I just felt that so deeply. Thank you. Yes, Lori. Oh, yes, Lori, that was just beautiful. I never did say what I keep taped to my desk. <laughs> Maybe that's a good closing today. For, uh, yeah, we're a little over time. So here it is. Your capital S self. Aware, capital P, presence. Knows no resistance to any appearance and as such is happiness itself. Like the empty space of a room, it cannot be disturbed and is therefore peace itself. Like this page, it is intimately one with whatever appears on it and thus is love itself. And like water that is not affected by the shape of a wave, it is pure freedom, causeless joy, imperturbable peace, love that knows no opposite and freedom at the heart of all experience. This is your ever-present nature under all circumstances. And I would add that it's absolutely and utterly shared. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, I love your clarity. Thank you, Lori. Oh, amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you, Lori. That was great. Yeah, thanks, Lori. Um, uh, made uh, I think to ask for the recording, where where did that quote tape to your desk come from? Who put it on the page? Oh, it's Rupert Spira, or Spira, however you say the name. Yeah. Right. Lori, you. would you mind repeating that quote? Thank you. I'd love to. Your capitalist self, capital A, aware, capital P, presence, knows no resistance to any appearance and as such is happiness itself. Like the empty space of a room, it cannot be disturbed and is therefore peace itself. Like this page, it is intimately one with whatever appears on it. That's my favorite part and is thus love itself. And like water that is not affected by the shape of a wave, it is pure freedom. Causeless joy, imperturbable peace, love that knows no opposite, and freedom at the heart of all experience. This is your ever-present nature under all circumstances. It's the awareness of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is that aspect of the communication between the Father and the Son that we all share. 
um, just to set it within the Course of Miracles context. Um, oh, perfect. So beautiful. So clear. I love yeah. Rupert. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, yeah, we are. We're we're longer than usual, so we've been starting. Um, I okay. I give up. <laughs> okay, I got to bring this. It's just a very short. It's a line from a song. The title of the song is the end of the line. And uh, I don't think I cannot not. But it's such a beautiful expression, what this workbook or this this curriculum is about. So, short, I'll bring it. Lost in a way that you're dreaming, move on. On to the heart of the sunrise. That's my yes. I'm not sure on which album. Well, I'm still with a continual presence in their life. But heart of the sunrise. You have a great voice, Lemoyne. Thank you. Heart of the sunrise. Thank you, Lemoyne. That was a real gift. The way that you're dreaming. <laughs> Does that remind yes. us? We're the dreamer here. <laughs> yes, indeed. indeed. That was a wonderful treat, Lemoyne. Thank you. Oh, yes, it sure was, Lemoyne. Thank you. God bless you. I think we Thanks. need to get you on America's Got Talent or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll move everybody to vote for you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, oops, I, I press a button, wrong button, on the court. Thank you all for being here.